It's the Law and Business Podcast, hosted by Anthony Verna. We tackle the hard issues where law and business intersect to help you run a smarter business and avoid costly mistakes. Verna Law PC is an intellectual property law practice focused on trademark, copyright, advertising law, and domain name disputes. Contact Anthony at anthony at vernalaw.com. All right, welcome to the Law and Business Podcast. How are you doing, Janine? I'm good. Thanks uh, so much for having me. Anthony. No problem. So I'm here with Janine Just. Janine, why don't you tell everybody what you do first? Sure. So I deem myself as the uh, Chief Connectologist of Janine Just Inc. <laughs> I love that that title you've given yourself. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. It's all about <laughs> leveraging the relationships to your the best advantage. So we work with small uh, businesses, emerging brands. Fashion, beauty, and technology are our specialties, and we work with them on non-traditional PR campaigns, marketing, influencer marketing, um, and a lot of events. That's particularly where we really shine with clientele and the brands that we work with. And we also have a passion project that's actually gone gotten bigger and bigger as we've mm-hmm. uh, progressed with it called Textile NYC, which is another event series that all that basically talks about fashion and beauty and how um, technology is fusing into it more so ever. And it's really becoming predominant in fashion. And and here you are talking to me because when you think of fashion and yeah. beauty, you think of... Uh... Anthony Vernon Law. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my don't tell my apparel clients that you know. <laughs> okay. I won't tell them what you're wearing right now. <laughs> Thanks. You can you can tell Ralph Lauren what I'm wearing right now. They'll be very very happy. Pink to Pink looks that. amazing oh. on you. Oh, man, wow. Thank oh, you. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. So we <laughs> so you just you said a couple of key things. That perked up to 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 my ears, and that is non-traditional marketing and and influencer marketing. So, how what does, specifically does does that mean? We're very strategic in what we do. We don't want to take on a brand unless we have a clear sense of how we want to tackle it and how we okay. want to go about it. So, I know a lot of agencies out there, and you know, bless their hearts with what they do. <laughs> they're continually pitching, you know, different outlets of traditional PR, publications, editors, bloggers, Mm -hmm. all that wonderful stuff. But we really hone in on something that we can do specifically with the brand. Um, Social media campaigns, then? Yeah, as long as we can come up with something that we know is going to be, you know, it's going to be out of the park as far as what we put into it, they're going to get their ROI because Mm -hmm. it's really hard to quantify public relations and, and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a gray line because a lot of people come to us and they think that we're sales. You know, we're a sales team. <laughs> but it's it's making sure that you manage their expectations mm-hmm. to say, no, we're not. And if you want to, I would probably lean towards a salesperson or, you know, a sales force to kind of get you to where you need and then you can come back to us later. Uh, it's really brand awareness. It's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of brands are missing that now because they're not telling their message. They're not telling their story in a creative way where you can get people to be your subliminal brand evangelist. Sure. Ooh, I like that phrase. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I just came from a marketing law conference. Nobody used that that phrase, but, but I like that. Um, when you are talking about having having a brand tell its story, 
on social media sometimes I find that maybe the space is a little constraining to fully tell a story. How do you help a brand get that message? There's so out? many verticals now sure. out there. <laughs> so it's it's kind of, you know, you're not you're not every vertical is not gonna work for each brand. So something might work really well for Pinterest is not gonna work mm-hmm. really well for another brand on Pinterest. So it's really kind of crafting an elevator pitch that you can kind of stick into the different verticals and see what's really going to resonate well, where you get the most engagement. Because then you can get engagement and people are interested and they want to say, you know what, I want to click on that and read more about it. So it's really keeping it open-ended so that people want to be part of that. They want to be part of that story. They want to know more about that story. Have you helped brands create hashtags on Twitter? Of course. And, and what's your step to to creating a good hashtag for a brand? You have to make sure it's not taken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you said that, but, but I'll let you keep going. Um, <laughs> you know, it, if you're doing one for an event or you're doing one for a campaign, you, you have to make sure it's not taken. So, right, you know, when we were first originating this a couple of years ago, you couldn't register a hashtag. Right. Now you can. So now you can have exclusive rights to that hashtag, which a lot of people don't know or are aware of. Um, so they're using hashtags that are already being used, and sure. you know they get a cease and desist letter. Well, in I, I, I haven't. Um, I won't say that I've written a, C, a full C and D letter to. <laughs> to <laughs> I have certainly, but it's getting um, to that point where. Oh, absolutely. Brands are absolutely. It's it's um, because it's commercial speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trademarks can be advertising slogans. So what I advise clients is, yes, to make sure that um, a hashtag that's being, that's going to be developed is one not already a trademark, registered trademark by somebody else. But you also have to make sure that there's not what we call common law usage as well. And is that if there is common law usage, in other words, it's used without a registration, what's the kind of conflict going to be? Because if it's the same goods and services, obviously we want to avoid using that because that might be state trademark infringement, even if it's not federal. And you don't want to mess with state trademark law. It's so ad hoc. Right. And (laughs) it's it's just very difficult to deal with. You want to play nice, yes. You just don't, yeah, you just don't want to deal with it. Um, You don't want to deal with federal trademark infringement either, because nobody likes being a defendant, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. Uh, But... When I work with a, with a client, when I work with a brand, and you know, a hashtag is being created, I say one: you need to be just as conservative with that as you are with any other brand that you're creating out, out of this company. So that means let's do a trademark search. Let's make sure that it's going to be clear. Let's do the due diligence before you ever pump it through, because once you start pumping it through, you're going to have an issue. But I've had the converse as well. Which is somebody calls me and says, here's another brand using my hashtag, what do I do? And in that particular instance, you really need to act quickly. Right. Because time is, as you know, um, time is of the essence on social media. And if you're not going to act quickly, then the real question is what kind of damage is there? If you're going to act quickly, you're going to make sure that... that, you know, you, this is your protected virtual property, which is, you know, really what we're looking at. That's going to be your first real issue. 
how quickly can you move and how important is is it to you because if it's not really a trademark that that you're using and somebody else is out there using it as well that then it's not going to be worth threatening you know Absolutely. any kind of damages it's, so it's, you have to move quickly it's only a lot of people don't want to take the extra steps to really save themselves <laughs> in a, a far worse situation so it's always nice to roll up your sleeves and take the extra time just to check everything out and make sure everything is kosher before you kind of move forward with putting together a massive campaign sure. and you also have some bigger brands that you have to be cautious because they're going to get a lot more noise and traction. <laughs> so it's again just it's being cautious. Sure, and it's it and it's tough because I'm sure a lot of your clients are just will it, just want to immediate push gratification. Let's yeah. go, let's do this. You know, I need to get three thousand users by the end of you know two weeks. So, um, <laughs> which to me is also a red flag too with not working with certain brands that need that you know, instant downloads or, mm -hmm. you know, need to acquire users pretty quickly, which I understand that they have investors looking at them and, you know, they're kind of tightening up the screws to make sure that their investment, you know, has a, a decent return on. Sure. But sometimes, I, I don't know, for me, that's a red flag with certain brands when no. they, because I feel like they're kind of at their end <laughs> and they're just burning their capital. So let, let's, let's talk about working with influencers because that seems to me to be a little more tricky at least from your standpoint and so, so how does that work do you just go hire people i mean i mean that it's, it can't work just right that like right split yeah i mean it's it's basically all about your relationships okay. so you when you hire a pr company you're hiring them for their relationships because they're really good in traditional or there might be a pr company that's really great with media relationships so you sure. can get on fox and friends and the today's show mm -hmm. so for us we are really entrenched with influencers and the influencer network and working with them and knowing what good content in uh, good content is versus not good content because right. there's a lot of content out there that's not good it's crap and you <laughs> have to make sure you can you know have sentence structure and and grammar sure. and, and spelling is correct you also want to make sure that again you're a storyteller so you want them to be a storyteller so you want to make sure that their pictures are, are captivating mm -hmm. and visually engaging um, you want to make sure that they also are staying on brand to what their demographic is okay. Because you can kind of tell who's selling out <laughs> by posting just any product or any service. Sure. So you can really tell and, and appreciate certain influencers that keep on track with their demographic. Because they know their readers are going to get turned off if they're talking about, you know, they're always looking to read about fashion. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, my new Samsung phone. So... <laughs> Or Xbox, you know that that just doesn't fit on point. The, the, this brings me to a thought that that I had in, in a previous episode, which was marketing to the right demographic for your product, which is which is highly important in in what you do. Right. So, who is an influencer? Obviously, I don't want what, to name what makes, names. Right. But yes, what makes what an makes influencer? an influencer? Well, it's it's basically it's not about how many, and this is so important. Because you'll look at people, everyone's looking at everyone's Instagram pages, and they're seeing 
well, she's got 50,000 followers or she's got, you know, 130,000 <laughs> followers. So she must be very influential. Those, those are great numbers. So I'm going to spend $5,000 with her just so right. she can, you know, push out my product. And I always want to say wrong because you don't know how they got those followers. Mm. You don't know if those were bought. I mean, I, I can tell if followers are bought and it's kind of an easy thing to kind of teach, you know, other brands to mm -hmm. look out for. And you also want to make sure that there's actual conversion. And what is conversion? It's when an influencer is pushing out posts or they're pushing out a story that includes the brand, you want to make sure that there's conversion to that point of action. Mm -hmm. Is it participating in a contest where you have to enter your email or you have to regram a photograph or follow certain social media outlets? Is it going simply going to the website? Um, and most of them obviously want them to go to the website and purchase the product. Right. Ob obviously, right. that is the end goal. There yes. is that. There is an yes. absolute end goal. So you do have certain influencers that are selling out products just by a simple Instagram post. Those people are absolutely influential. Right. A lot of them are also in the celebrity categories, mm -hmm. and you're going to get rate cards that are pretty substantial. Right. We deal with a lot of agencies that negotiate those contracts with mm -hmm. them. And it's also important too, where this is where you would come into play, to make sure you have a contract in place. Because when you're dealing at that certain level, <laughs> you wanna make sure you have everything in writing that they're going to promise you. Because mm -hmm. once that check is cut <laughs> and they cashed it, there's really you know nothing else That's to say hey, well, you were supposed to give me five Instagram posts or you were also supposed to mention me in this Twitter comment and right. I didn't see that. Have you, ever, um, have you ever done the converse? Have you ever tried to get a celebrity or, or an influencer of celebrity status to discuss a brand without that contract in place. Have you, have you ever tried that game? The smart ones will absolutely <laughs> say no because it's all a business opportunity. The only time where they will truly say something is obviously if it's for charity. Right. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the case studies from, from the convention actually was, was Campbell's and SpaghettiOs um, because I think it was Miley Cyrus posted a picture, not, not of her, but of a of um, of a bowl, you know, a spoon of um, alphabet soup, and it said twerk, and so <laughs> um, yes, as highly mature as that is, but Campbell's w was thinking that hey, that's the first salvo, so maybe while it's not really in our brand profile to deal with Miley Cyrus, since she made the first one, maybe. If we like just take one picture and that's about it, maybe it maybe the risk profile is not so high. And they only did it because Miley Cyrus made the first salvo and then they posted something um, I think they I think it, they posted we can't stop you know in a spoon as well and she's oh that really made my day. So I <laughs> I'm really surprised that that's all it takes to make Miley stay. It's tricky though because yes. then the celebrity or that influencer could come back and say you're using my brand of or you're using me of to course. sell your product and, and we and, don't have a deal in place. Right, exactly. So that could also backfire. And, and that was something um, even 2 years ago uh, McDonald's and House Council basically laid out for us and, and a very conservative policy of if we don't have a deal with them, we don't talk to them at all. 
you know, you're going to hear us talk talk to LeBron James. You're going, you know, we've got to deal with LeBron James. LeBron James wins an NBA championship. We will congratulate him on Twitter. Absolutely. We've got a deal. You know, we've got to deal with the Olympic Committee. So, you know, we can t- talk right. all we want about about the Olympics. So, or the, you know, the U.S. You know, Olympic Committee. So, so they've got those deals in place and they'll gladly do it. But they have a very conservative policy, mainly because, right, if it's somebody's name, image, they just don't want to deal with the possible implications that could come around. I mean, look at, uh, I think it was Catherine Heigl and <laughs> suing the, the pharmacy chain, yes. Dwayne Reed. And if you're not in New York City, you don't know Dwayne Reed. I get it. But Catherine Heigl sued um, the pharmacy chain, Dwayne Reed, for using her picture. Basically, somebody, paparazzi snapped her picture coming out of a Dwayne Reed, and she had a bag that said Dwayne Reed. So they decided to tweet about it and using that picture. And she sued, and I think it was settled around like $6 million, uh, for, for the use of one picture, mainly because that's her, you know, it's her name and image and likeness, and you can't use it. You really can't use it without consent. Yeah. I think when you're also getting to be that big brand and you're you're dealing on that caliber, it's just it doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, yes, with <laughs> six million to Dwayne Reed, but still it's still six million. Of and, course. And I'm sure there was, you know, people lost their jobs over that. So it's just being smart. I mean, Michael Jordan has sued two two companies recently basically stating uh, all they said was congratulations on your uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement, and, and he sued, and one was um, one was a grocery store chain in the Chicago area, the other is a steakhouse chain also in the Chicago area. And, now that's interesting. And <laughs> why is that? Why is that interesting to you? It's just a congratulatory tweet. Mm. Oh, it wasn't a tweet. They were ads. They oh. actually took out ads. They didn't okay. just say yeah. They didn't just say you know on on Got Twitter it. yeah or on Facebook no they took that out, makes more sense they took okay. out a full ad yeah and for one of the I forget if it was the, then yes I could see yeah, that being yeah. very <laughs> intrusive offensive and hey yeah um Michael Jordan took the one of those was uh, a jury award for eight million dollars and Michael Jordan said that he just took the money donated it all to charities and this really isn't about the money it's about the fact that you can't use my right. name image or likeness absolutely you know in in commercial advertising and and that's kind of where this this idea I guess of a risk profile comes in, comes into play like are you going to be very conservative of course. If you're going to be conservative and you're not going to engage celebrities unless you have that agreement, um, you probably will never get sued for uh, an infringement of what we would call a right of, excuse me, right of privacy or publicity. Whereas, you know, like the Campbell and Miley Cyrus example, they said the only reason we did it was that she threw out the first salvo. It's, it's not, it really wasn't in their risk profile in general. And it's not, it really wasn't in their brand profile. SpaghettiOs is, is really for, for kids, mm-hmm. not for uh, not for adults. They said, but because of who's able to use And it's a great example media, to use since they got, a, you know, they got away with it. And she said, <laughs> that, made my day, that made my day. And it was really clever. Right. It was very clever. So it's a great example again, that we can talk about. Right. And again, it's... Do it's, we recommend it? No. Absolutely not. No. But again, they said they, they did that internal risk profile. Right. And that's really the key, is that, that risk profile that you need to gather for your particular team. 
is is really what I would is really what I would say. What's your risk profile? And I always recommend staying conservative. I, I, I don't you know, I don't recommend just like trying to tweet to twenty eight celebrities that you don't have an agreement with to see who's going to engage you. Right. I mean at that point it's going you know at that point it's a little much. Right. But yes, if you can get the right influencers. Now if you get the right influencers and those influencers are paid, now you have to disclose that. So I'm sure that um, that that might make for some awkward looking right. tweets or advertising right. in general. Right, and a lot of it can be disclosed on their blog mm-hmm. so that as long as they're disclosing it right. and then, you know, not necessarily translating it onto the Insta- Instagram post, but if the Instagram post is coming from the blog and they're stating that they were compensated, you know, for their opinion on this piece, then that's, you know, fine. That's basically the only thing. And a lot of it, we have to remind them to do that. <laughs> no, and, nobody likes FTC compliance. Right. And it's just like, this. we're doing this to help you. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, and I would say you need to be careful of that FTC compliance issue. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, it's a heavy topic today. And, and online, we can see the FTC beginning to crack down. Now. As they should, because for the majority of it, it's women. These gals are making a lot of money, <laughs> as they you know, as they should. The ones that are doing mm-hmm. it correctly, and they're they they really have great teams behind them, and they're putting in a lot of you know hard work and long hours behind right. it. Um, well, with that said, they're they're making they're doing really sure. well. They are doing well, but they're also being, you know they're being paid to push a product. So those FTC disclosure rules right. are are out there. I mean, and the FTC um, isn't afraid. I mean, we've talked, uh, Janine, you and I have talked about this privately, but we've got uh, the Sony PS Vita, uh, PS Vita issue. Right. And we have another one from a company called uh, Makinima, but, but we, we'll just call that the Xbox issue. Yeah. Because we it's, just a lot, that up. <laughs> it's a lot easier to say. And also it came because uh, Microsoft's, uh, Microsoft paid influencers to post Xbox videos, and those weren't disclosed. And the PS Vita issue was employees of the agency talking about what a great device the PS Vita is, also without disclosures. So um, in both cases, both companies did receive FTC uh, complaints. So the agency that worked with Microsoft? It was, it was the agency that worked with Sony for the okay. PS Vita issue so since since i didn't explain that correctly i'll try it again (laughs) so the (laughs) so the agency that was hired by sony to do social media for the ps vita when it was launched a lot of those employees were were tweeting out what a great um what a great device it was through the agency yes interesting well no not through the agency on their own social media accounts right but but the they were an employee of the agency. Yes, exactly. So they had that material connection for the device to do well. So that's really the the, the thinking is that, gee, this is And they kind find of, the agency. Yes. Actually, I think, no, they find Sony. Sony gets fined. I right. mean... The at, brand. Yes. Not, yes. I'm surprised they're not holding agencies more. Well, you, you know why? I wonder you, if that discussion is obviously... No, I, I don't think agencies are the ones that are going to be held because of the fact that it isn't 
agency. It's an agent of the brand. So right. ultimately, it's up to the to the company behind the brand right. to keep its agency but in the check. The agencies are also instilling upon a lot of these contract oh, negotiations absolutely. so absolutely. that they should. But Another it's up just, to yeah. it's up to the it's up to the brand to hold its agency in check, for lack of a better word. Right. And I don't say that to get you handcuffed, Janine. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. I, I just think, as someone who has a small firm, it's you have to educate brands yes. on what to do because a lot of them don't know. They don't know that there should be a contract. <laughs> they don't know what an influencer is. Sure. So that's why they come to. And, and a lot of people them, who have been doing this and, and sure. seasoned, I hate the word experts, but <laughs> who are seasoned in doing their particular niche work. Sure. So, that's so, why do, so does the New York State Bar. I can't call myself an expert on IP and advertising law. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm no. I'm not an expert in anything. But uh, we're, all, I'm, we're I'm, learning I'm every day. I'm a lawyer, but um, more so now because <laughs> verticals just keep on expanding and. We need to learn it's, quickly it's, it's very how to true. adapt. It's very true. So while Sony was fined, um, Makinoma, the company that was working with um, with Microsoft, um, I, I don't see a fine amount, but they had to deal with an FTC consent order, which basically meant the uh, which basically means that you as a company are agreeing to comply with the law <laughs> with the FTC. As silly as that sounds. That's exactly what, what you're doing, but the FTC basically lays it out. Here is the um, here is how you have to behave from now on to comply, not just with the law, but to comply with this order, and you will consent to it as well. It's, it, it can be very harsh, um, but um, essentially the order uh, requires uh, the company Makinema to disclose any material connection between the endorser Makinema or anybody who is making videos of the of Xbox One video games and uh, the advertiser, so Microsoft and Xbox itself. Um, in addition, it requires the company to follow up within 90 days of the start of the campaign, of any campaign, to make sure that disclosures are still being made. So in other words, at that particular point, they're basically told, you have to put this in the video and make sure that it stays in the video. Or if you're going to just put something like a YouTube pop-up, if you're going to put a pop-up, make sure it's always there. Interesting. So it can be, it can be a harsh penalty, not just monetarily, but business-wise, it can be a harsh penalty for the advertiser. I mean, another good topic to, to kind of talk about, too, is images. <laughs> people steal images all the time I mean I raise my hand because you know I, I'm red handed you've done it well oh, no. no because we have team <laughs> members who don't listen right. to the free websites or go into our iStock photo images I, I was going to say so, so you're a member of how many stock photo uh, websites three okay how do they suffice in terms of what you're looking to do? Oh, we'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or we'll work with a photographer if we're doing a specific mm -hmm. shoot. Especially if it's a brand, we'll just book a photographer. You rather own your ha you rather have your own created content, right? Owned media, of course. That's another issue. I'm sure we can talk oh, about too. We could talk about that for hours on end. But <laughs> when you're looking for a quick photo or a social media sure. or something to pair it with, you don't have time to do a photo shoot. Yes, it's great to 
to own. Um, and they will come after you, and they will keep on coming sure. after you. I mean, I, I, I am putting together an info book right now. Uh, nothing, nothing big. But I am having images, and, and I'm buying them off the right thing. And you really need, uh, you know, off a website in order to, to use them in, in here. And going through, there's a lot of curating that I've had to do to make sure that it fits with what I'm saying on the next page. And that's always that's always been a real It's time-consuming. Yes, Very exactly. time-consuming because there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of photos that you have to go through. So we just set up the proper temptation for typing something in Google <laughs> and pull on on the image search and but, then pulling it off. Yeah. So I'm sure that, that, that your younger team members have have a problem with that particular tug of war. Absolutely. And it's, it's not even... I know it's it's not just us. There's so many small businesses out there that just think that because it's on Google, sure, <laughs> it's you're on allowed Google, to use it. <laughs> so, you know, as you get older and as you learn and as you get these, you know, these finds, sure. you realize, okay, like let's be smart about this. And you know, the first thing when we do when we're onboarding team members is we we do a whole you know tutorial with them and. One of the biggest topics that we do is you cannot use images off of Google. Right. And if you do and I and we get fined for it and I see that you posted it, you're responsible sure. for paying the fine. That That's a harsh way of bringing them into line. but, but You have to be accountable yeah. for your, your actions. No, I hear you well. Whenever I've um, dealt with a Getty image. <laughs> I mean, I have so many friends that, yes, they're like, oh, Getty images. Yeah, I had to pay one of their bills. Right, of course. I, I usually say, say this to the client. I'll pick up the phone. Um, the phone call itself is 15 minutes of my time. I got no problem doing that to see how low they'll go. And that's the number you take. <laughs> because they'll because say we can go because, higher. Because generally, well, yeah, there, there is that. <laughs> but generally, that phone call is like enough to make it worth the phone call. You know, they'll probably drop it down enough to, to make it worth that, that phone right. call. So I, I, I do that. Uh, but really, yeah, you're not going to fight it. it. It's too big of a system, too big of a machine uh, to really fight Getty images. And chances are, you probably did take it. Google and so you right at that point it's just a numbers game. right and it, you can't say well I'm I didn't know or I'm a small business <laughs> owner and like this is my first time they don't they don't care that's how they make their their money no, very true very true uh, we need to run and wrap this up but okay. I would say um, this was so much fun. This is, uh, thank you for coming. <laughs> I feel like we only just scratched a we little bit on the surface. We only just scratched the surface. No, that's very true. But I would say some some lessons here are that do your due diligence before push and go on the campaign. Absolutely. Make sure that the disclosures are in place from top down. And, yeah, make sure that, that your, your copyright clearances are, are done as well. And if you're working with influencers and you're having them come to an event or you're doing any sort of using their images or logos, just make sure you run it by them too. Because if they see something that they're a part of and additionally, and they might be doing it for you gratuitously, you, you have to make sure because they can come after you. Sure, of course. Janine, how can people find you I'm pretty easy. Everything <laughs> is at Janine Just. So J A N I N E. J-U-S-T. It, it, it sounds so simple, your name, and I'm sure people mess it up all the time. <laughs> <All the> time. <laughs> Janine, thank you very much. Thank you.
This has been the Law & Business Podcast. Visit VernaLaw.com for more episodes. To contact VernaLaw PC, send an email to anthony at VernaLaw.com or call 914-358-6401.